Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So, I want you to look with me to 1 John chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. We're going to read some from the New King James Version and the Passion Translation. And uh, I want to talk about understanding the heart of the Father. Um, Understanding beloved identity, I think it's so important now. I'm telling you, I felt a shift today. I'm not, how many know you're not identified by your circumstances? Your, your circumstances does not define you. Amen. People's opinions do not define you. I've come to understand, you know, being a pastor for 20, almost 29 years. I've learned that the crowd does not define who we are. The Lord spoke to me one time. He said, I want you to stop focusing on the crowd and love the people. And uh, so I'm so glad you're here. I, I want to just take you on a journey that I believe, I, I may share some of this same stuff Sunday because I, I believe it's that important. When we look at 1 John Theologians kind of debate about which is the oldest books in the Bible. The, the one with the actually they come to an agreement that the Gospel of John, First, Second, Third John, are the oldest, the last uh, epistles written in the Bible. How many know the Bible is not necessarily in chronological order? The verses and the chapters are not there. Because God put them there. They're there because man put them there. Which is a good thing. I think that they were inspired when they did that. So we can remember uh, so many things about the word. But I want to begin in verse 13. And I want to go all the way down to verse 19. And I want to, I want to just take this opportunity to let you know that I believe God's bringing this into a revelation that's really going to be a manifestation. It's not just something we're going to come. There's a lot of people who have a lot of Bible knowledge. A lot of people are really smart when it comes to the Word. I know a lot of Scriptures. But I don't want to be guilty of just knowing the Scriptures and not know the author. I'd much rather know the author. And that's, that's his heart, too. Because when you know the author, then you know the scriptures, you see the heart of the Father. And you know his desire is to bring us into this understanding that we are deeply loved by the Father. And this is what's going to fill up the house, I'm telling you. Perfect love is going to bring the crowd. It's not going to be hellfire and brimstone. Well, we've tried that for years. People sometimes get saved because they're afraid of going to hell. I don't think that's really a legitimate reason. I believe that that's a good reason, but it's not a legitimate reason. First John chapter 4, verse 13 says, 
Let's read first from the New King James because I want you to get, and New King James means that they took the these and thous that were placed in there in the 1600s and uh, they made it more palatable to us and take and made it so it's not so far, you know, it, it's really gives us a better understanding. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Now I want to read it from the Passion. And he has given us his spirit within us so that we can have the assurance that he lives in us and we live in him. I don't think the church has really grasped this this amazing truth. Now, I believe we're living in the time of the wind. That word spirit, pneuma, breath, also wind, but it's not a thing. You know, the, he's not talking, when, when, when we say the wind or the breath of, of the Lord, when it relates to the spirit, it, it's, it's like, A lot of people, when they talk about us, especially her family, Deborah and Wayne, because they, they see us together. You know, it's like, it's like when you think of the Spirit, He is wind. It's a person. The wind is a person. The breath is a person. And it's through Him we have the assurance that he abides, that he's in us, and we are in him. Now, how many of you have had the, you've, you've had, it's like you've been immersed in anxiety. It, it's, it's like anxiety will try to creep in. Anxiety is, is really a feeling of, of dread in a certain degree, maybe a lesser degree. Anxiety is usually based on fear of something that happened or something that could happen. But he wants to immerse us in something. The opposite of that to, is to be immersed in assurance. Because the assurance of the fact that he lives in us and we live in him. <coughs> and I posted this on the WhatsApp. The Lord wants to make us into new wineskins. Because I believe he's about to pour out the new wine in a deeper measure. He's not going to pour new wine into old wineskins. And that new wineskin must be that preparation of revelation and understanding of who he is and who we are. Now, <clears throat> he's given us his spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Thank you. Yeah. The Holy Spirit that lives in us gives us the assurance. He's at work in us to give us assurance that God lives in us and we live in Him. Now, notice the next verse. Moreover, we've seen with our own eyes and can testify to the truth that Father God has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Now, how many believe in the Father's eyes, the world is the gift that Jesus gave has already saved the world? 
So it's our responsibility to be the manifestation to help those who haven't come to the knowledge of that truth. That's why you find over and over in the scripture when Paul said and, and Silas said to the jailer that was about to kill us, don't do yourself any harm, we're all here. He said, what must I do to be saved? Paul didn't lead him in a sinner's prayer. He just simply said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your house. Ooh, that's pretty important. Jesus even says in the garden as he's praying, John, you've heard me talk about this. He said, Father, this is eternal life that they know you and they know me, your son. Now, watch this. Those who give thanks, whosoever, the King James says, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God abides in him and he abides in us. Now, let me, let me, I believe this brings us to layman's terms. As a matter of fact, in the New King James, it says, and we know and believe the love that God has for us. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, verse 15, abides in him and he in God. Confesses, that word confess in the, in the King James, in the Greek means to celebrate and to praise. How many know that includes thanksgiving? You can't really praise unless you're thankful. I want to show you something. He said, those who give thanks that Jesus is the Son of God, live in God, and God lives in them. How many know we don't come to church so we can join the group? No, we come to celebrate with the kingdom, the body of Christ, that are thankful that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Being thankful that Jesus is the Son of God. If, and, and we can't really do that unless the Holy Spirit reveals that truth to us. Nobody can confess that He's Lord without the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, He's already said, gives us the assurance. And we become thankful how many of you are thankful that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ? Woo! That, you're done. That, that, that's a, ooh, I felt, I feel, I got goosebumps all over thinking about that. That, that if you believe, if you're thankful that Jesus is the Son of God. I made a statement on the app. I said, if you never come to church again a day in your life and you are thankful that Jesus is the Son of God, you're done. Because coming to church... Now let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. There's a walk. There's a reason John was preserved to write... I think it's the great exclamation point of the gospel. The disciple that Jesus loved. I believe he, he was preserved maybe because he was in perfect love. Maybe because he understood he's the disciple that Jesus loved. And it brought a, a realm of protection around him. He's the only one that was not martyred. He died of old age. 
But then God wanted him to give us the great exclamation point of the gospel. And I believe that in this walk, this walk that God wants us to be on with him, understanding and being thankful that Jesus is the Son of God so that we have this assurance, that is not so that we walk unto acceptance. We, that's exactly right. We're already, it's not a, it's, how many believe that you were born to love God? That's part of it. But I want to tell you, that's, I don't think that's, it, it, let me tell you what that can do. It's one of the commandments. But you can't really do that. You, you can, it can put a weight on you to try to love God if you don't come to this truth and this knowledge. That you're born to be loved by God. Let me say it again. I believe you. Let me tell you what your, I know what your purpose is. To be loved. You were born to be loved by God. And from that flows the assurance. When we come into that knowledge, all of a sudden, anxiety begins to evaporate. When we, let our, the, when we allow ourselves to be loved. There's a, there's a man named Malcolm Smith who lives in Texas now. He's from England. He's in his 80s. But he spent 40 years of his of life talking about the isness of the love of God. One of his books is called Let God Love You. I believe the church has missed it. Because we've tried to love God and we've tried to do this to show that, that we're accepted. And we, we, we do all these things and jump through the hoops and, and, and we beat ourselves up because if we, don't, if we don't measure up, if we carry that weight, let me tell you, it, it can cause you to be uh, anxious. But I'm, I'm going to tell you something here that's life-changing. Those who give thanks... That Jesus is the Son of God, lives in Him, and He lives in you. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love, and we trust in the love He has for us. You know why we get anxious? Because there's something in disagreement with that statement in us. There's something that's happening around us that is in disagreement with that fact right there. That trust. I, I want to tell you, I don't have to... Uh, there's this assurance that I have that Deborah Nana loves me. I, I don't have to try. I, I got, you know... I've heard people say, we, you have to work at marriage. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you, when you come to this knowledge, I don't have to come up at 7 o'clock at night and say, Sh shoot, I forgot to love Miss Deborah. 
I don't have to go through the day saying, I hope she loves me. I hope this makes her love me. I hope what I'm doing right here will make her love me. (laughs) Come on. Maybe she'll love me more if I wash the dishes. Somebody said, well, where is it in the Bible that God said man should wash dishes? It's in the Bible. It's the prophecy of the Old Testament that said, God said, I'll wipe your city like a man wipes a dish and turns it upside down. (laughs) I'll tell you, it's in there. I read it. I wanted, I, I had to see it for myself. I'm going to tell you, we have this assurance. I know that she loves me. And she knows that I love her. We do tell each other. Just about every day. But this, there, there's this assurance. And this security that we have by being together for so many years that that we know each other well enough that we can walk through just about anything. Ain't that right, sweetie? We can walk through just about, because we know each other. When we got the news about the cost of the, I'm not going to tell them, but in the AC, we got the news. She was really, she said, I'm just sick. I said, no, you're not. It's okay. She told me the amount. I said, it's going to be okay. I mean, it's astronomical. It's crazy. And, and just for the labor. And, and we have a warranty. And the warranty company is going to pay for the units. But we got to pay for having... The other unit moved and the hot water heater, which is a gas hot water heater. We got to have all that moved so they can get to the one that's broke. We got to pay for that. So I told her, I said, it's okay. You know why? Because God doesn't want us to be anxiety and anxiety over that. If we're really in him and he's in us, guess what? I can't be judged apart from him. You can't, whoo, I'm about to preach. You can't be judged apart from him. You can't even see us apart from him. Uh, here's, that's why Jesus said, inasmuch as you do it unto the least of these, you do it unto me. You, you understand that if we're in him and he's in us, you can't ever, say, you know, when people talk about us and her family especially, they don't see me without her. And they don't see her without me. Same way with Jesus, the Father. They, they, the world should never be able to see, uh, and, and, one, and us as, as believers, we should see one another. Not, you know why? Because nothing can separate us from the love of God. Now what? Those who give thanks... We trust in the love he has for us. Let me tell you what fear, anxiety, stress, all of that is a sign that there's some part in us that does not agree with that trust. There's some part of us 
that's just not really sure. Let me, let me ask you a question. Do you think because you struggle that he separates himself from you or his love for you diminishes in any way? No, as a matter of fact, none of that can change his love for you. What about, you don't know what I did. I don't care. That, doesn't, that does not change his love. What about when, when you struggle? That makes him closer. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. That word contrite means crushed. He's closer when you're struggling. When, when you're wrestling in your mind. When, when you have those moments that you're struggling, that's when he's closest. I know, I've been there. But let me tell you what Thanksgiving will do. Thanksgiving, thanking Him, Lord, thank You that Jesus is Your Son. It's the Son of God. And He came to, to show me Your love for me. He came to save me from sin. I thank You, Lord, that He came to deliver me. But, but I'm just not saved from hell. While I'm living here, He's living in me and I'm living in Him. He saved me to, to live in Him. And He saved me so He could live in me. Now hang with me. The three words that theologians all over the world say is probably, the, the three words in succession in the Scripture is probably some of the most important words in all of Scripture is these next three words. God is love. He can't ever be anything other than love. Perfect love. And I'm going to keep on walking in this and maturing in this. Do you know that God would be in sin if he was other than? Harmatia. If he was anything other than love. Nowhere in the Bible do you read where God is wrath. Nowhere in the Bible do you read where God is judgment. Come on, somebody. But here you got it. The, it's twice in the same chapter. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God. And God lives through them. Let me tell you what happens when you come into this revelation. When you begin to walk in this understanding of just be love. Does God have to try to be love? Do you think? <laughs> Absolutely. It, neither do, do we need to try. We need to be what He created us to be. What is that? Be loved. He, he created us to be loved. Whew, nobody ever told me that. But, but the Holy Spirit has begun to... Un I'm telling you, I had such an encounter with the Lord today. I was overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord as I was meditating on the fact that He wants me to just be loved Amen. by perfect love. Amen, he wants you to just be loved love by perfect love. Changes everything. Man. 
what am I, my purpose and what about doing all this and doing all that? That's secondary. That's about 110 down on the list. Because that does not validate me or cause his love to increase or decrease toward me. Because his love is perfect. Perfect love. Be loved by perfect love. So he says, by living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment. Now, don't miss this last phrase. Because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Do you think the Father loves his Son? If Jesus is being loved by the Father, he said, all that he is now, so are you. We are being loved by perfect love. There's an assurance, all the anxiety. Paul said in Philippians 4, uh, 6, remember, he's in prison. He said, be anxious for nothing. But by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Thankful for what? Thankful that Jesus is the Son of God. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard, keep your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, this is so revolutionary. All that Jesus is now, so are we in the world. That's, that's the Aramaic. That's what Jesus, probably John spoke it to. Never, love never brings fear. For fear is always related to punishment. If fear is present, I want to, I want to make this statement. Anxiety, fear, and assurance can exist in the same place. Fear, anxiety, and perfect love cannot exist in the same place. And if you are perfectly loved, you have an assurance and you can trust that love. God is love, right? So, so none of that can exist in the same place. He says, love's perfection drives the fear of punishment from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. How many believe God's love is perfect? It doesn't change at all. The reason people get off into sin is because there's something in them that is in disagreement with how God feels about them. Sometimes it becomes a way to cope with what's lacking. Maybe that'll make me feel good. Or feel better about myself. So he says, Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. Now, in the King James, it says we don't love him. 
first, but we love him because he first loved us. He loved me first. He loved you first. He loved you first. Let me tell you what I know that love will do. Love will cause you to, to exhaust yourself. It'll cause, yourself, it'll cause you to, to just be poured out for His glory because you have a trust in that love and that confidence. It'll cause you to... Now, the, the, the response is because I'm so deeply loved by the Father. It's not a chore for me to love other people. It's not even people that seem unlovable. Meet those out in the world. You meet those people who... But he said, this is how you know you've passed from death to life because you love one another. Let me tell you what this will do. It'll eliminate cliques in the church. Come on, you understand? It'll, it'll eliminate the groups, the division. When we come into perfect love, and I'm going to keep on preaching. I'm going to preach it. Because I'm telling you, God has, has brought me in. I, I prayed, I said, Holy Spirit, bring me into that place of complete assurance. Bring me into that place of assurance that I'm in Him and He's in me because I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And Lord, because of that truth, help me to bring others into that knowledge. And Lord, it's going to cause anxiety. It's going to cause fear. It's going to cause intimidation. It's going to cause doubt. It's going to cause all animosity. Everything that we hold that's contrary to how He feels about us, it's going to just vaporize. When she walked in and told me how much it was going to cost us, I just said, it's going to be okay. Because I refuse to live in anxiety. I refuse to live outside of that perfect love. That's exactly... Let me tell you what happens. If you, if you get outside of that perfect love... That's how people get into sin. And and it don't have to be blatant, open sin. It can be the sin of unbelief. The sin of not trusting. The sin of doubting. The sin of being afraid. The sin of being anxious. Paul said, don't be anxious for anything. Anxiety dissipate. It'll just disappear. We... We've been really, it's amazing. When you got six people living down, I know you've heard it before. Please forgive me. I need to use this for illustration because today I, I saw Lily, the 14-year-old. I've watched the transformation since she's been in our house. When she first came in, I'm talking about girls that are, are so terribly abused, rejected. Mother signed the little girl over to her 23-year-old sister. Cause she, and she, she'll, they'll talk. The girl loves her mother. And I'll, we'll do nothing to drive a wedge there because that's not perfect love. 
But I watched Lily. When she first came in our house, she was very unsure. She was, she, she had to find out. She would come up and she was very shy. She was very, she, her face was covered with her hair. Most of the time you couldn't see what expression was on her face because she was so unsure of herself. And her sister Kaylee hardly ever come up. And she would just briefly come through and she would even eat downstairs because she had this feeling of, I don't know if I'm accepted or not. Very one that said, I love living in this house. Let me tell you what perfect love will do. Today, when Lily came from school, I saw this great big old smile on her face. I told Travis, I said, hey, Travis. He, he said, hey, big daddy. I said, you have a good day? He said, yeah, I did. I said, and Lily's bouncing into the house. And I said, Lily, how about you? Do you have a good day? She said, yeah, thank you. Big old smile on her face. Yesterday, Kaylee came up and ate, ate at the table and engaged in conversation. You know why? Because perfect love is resident. There's no judgment to those. I know God brought them there to bring them into the assurance of perfect love. We demonstrate that. It comes to its full expression in us. When we come to the revelation of how deeply we're loved, no, no, my circumstances does not define me. I don't care. I'm telling you, some of you have been through some stuff, boy. It's, I want to tell you that doesn't define you either. It does not even describe the love the Father has for you. It, it has no, it, it's amazing. Tell you the story, you heard me talk about going to my friend's church and how the people came to the altar and, and I knew something was up that night because I was up at one o'clock and I said, boy, I don't feel right. And finally was able to go back to sleep about 2.30 and pastor called me the next day. He said, I just want to see if you guys are okay. I said, why? I said, I was up last night. He said, well, he said, about five of our people went to the emergency room. Let me tell you what fear, anxiety, it'll make you quit eating barbecue if, if you let that. I'm not going to quit. Just because I had a bad experience, I love, this guy can cook some and make some Alabama white sauce. It's amazing too. White barbecue sauce. I'm not going to quit because I had that experience. Guess what? I'm not going to quit declaring his love because I had that experience. I'm coming to this place of complete trust in his love toward me. Because his love is perfect love and we are perfectly loved. Guess what? God doesn't have to try to be, be love. He is love. He don't want you to try to, be, try to be loved. He wants you to just be loved. Just be loved. I want you to meditate on that for the next few days. Just meditate on how deeply you were loved. Come into that assurance. Don't know that. I'm telling you, it'll drive out anxiety, fear. Uh, it'll, it'll drive out all that stuff. Love, you 
Yes. That's it. That's, that's okay. That's enough. That's enough right there. I, I want you to stand with me. Behold what manner of love. 1 John 3, 1. The Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. I'm telling you, when our family, our, our son was here with the grandchildren this weekend, and it was our opportunity not to tell him how far off he was. It was not our opportunity to tell him that Buddha's not the answer. <laughs> it was our opportunity to love him with perfect love. We're human. You understand, we're human. We're limited in our love. God's unlimited in his love. So guess what he'll do? When you walk with him, he's going he's gonna to let his love be known for you. He's going to let his love be known in you. And he's going to let his love be shown through you. Because when people see you, they, they shouldn't see you apart from him. If you're in him and he's in you, they shouldn't see you apart from him. It's amazing. It's awesome. So, Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you, Lord, it's going to be like medicine to our bodies. Lord, it's going to be restoration to our soul. Lord, it's going to be such a powerful, uh, it's an empowering to our spirit. Teach us, show us the way, Holy Spirit. Let us be caught up in the wind of your presence that we become so enveloped in perfect love and we walk in the assurance that we are perfectly loved, that we walk in the place where we trust you, that that love is true. And Lord, we can walk with wholeness and healing and bring healing and wholeness to others through that revelation, Father. We give you praise and glory. And we thank you, Lord, for every person here. We pray, Lord, that you'll deliver us from everything that would cause us to doubt, everything that's contrary to how you feel about us. We pray, Lord, that it'll just evaporate and disappear because of the presence of your love in us. We thank you and give you glory because you do all things well in Jesus' name. And everybody said...